All right, everybody, I am here with the legendary. I've been talking about him, telling different stories about him for a long time. His, your legend has been growing. I am here with Tao Mescal, the CTO of Liquid Apps. Welcome back to Everything EOS, Tao. Hi, good, good to be here again. It, it, it's, it's, been a, it's been a journey. It's, it's been a while. So people who haven't been following us, uh, Tao and, and uh, uh, the CEO of Liquid Apps, ben, Benny, uh, you guys were both on Everything EOS back in like March. Uh, it was yeah. a, a four-way interview. It was myself, you, Benny, and, and Peter K. It feels like uh, ages ago. It, it, it was. It, it was right after uh, the DAP Network launched a, a little over six months ago, back in March. Uh, and, and little did we know where, where we would be six months later. Uh, myself and Peter K are now with Liquid Apps. The, the, the services built on top of the network has grown. But I don't really, I, we'll get into DAP Network stuff and Liquid Apps stuff. But what I really wanted to talk about today is Tal Muscal. Uh, because this is actually, honestly, it, it's, it's a treat for me. I, I don't get to have this much time with Tal uh, in my in my capacity with Liquid Apps, one of one of the number one rules at, at Liquid Apps is do not distract Tal because Tal is doing very uh, important tasks and he doesn't need to be sidetracked. So to have this time with him is a treat for myself, uh, and I kind of want to dive in, into uh, who Tal is as a person, his approaches to, to, to development, engineering, and just to see if the legends are true. I, I I've heard. Uh, things I saw Saeed Jaffries calling you out as being a genius in in Telegram. It, it's it's definitely something I believe, and I think after this conversation, I think other people might might get a better idea of the legend that is Tal Muscal. Uh, so, who is Tal Muscal? Uh, who am I? Uh, first, I'm a, I'm a developer. I would say. Uh, from from the first uh, memory I had, I think I'm, I was a programmer, coder. Um, so so that's that's first. The, there's a, a little uh, biography of you. I think I found it on Crunchbase. It, it says you're born in Israel and that you're an autodidact. How do I say that? Autodidact. I, I know. What uh, I, I, I think so. Yeah. A, a singularitarian, which we'll get into later, because this is, is a passion of yours, and it, it's super interesting. And a hacker—that—that's how you, um, you probably wrote this yourself years ago. It might be a little bit old, but that's how you described yourself. Yeah, um, I, I think that's that's uh, uh, still a pretty accurate way to to describe. And a hacker, not in a you know uh, uh, malicious kind of way, but a hacker in the sense that uh, I, I love taking system and reuse them for for other you know, other things they weren't exactly designed for, or I think that's, that's, uh, that's kind of the way I, I, I think. Um, I, I, I've kind of built you up on, on, on this channel here. I, I shared a, a story uh, that, that's been passed around a few times about being on the team that built Deep Junior. Uh, what, what's the story behind this? Because I think it's, uh, grown into almost a tall tale and it was one of the things that kind of uh, blew blew my mind whenever I, you mentioned that so first yeah so i think it, it kind of uh, maybe uh, grew out of proportion a little bit uh some some people were saying that i i built it but i, I actually uh, uh our chief scientist in in semantinet was uh was the, the a guy who built it and he came to me and uh Use my help to scale it basically from from a single-threaded application to to a distributed uh, system uh, because that that's that's the kind of thing that I'm uh, familiar with the most. Exact that last sentence you said. You, you took something that was single-threaded, yeah, and all in RAM, and and, uh, and try to make it run in, in multiple machines and and uh, you know make it distributed and uh, more efficient. Yeah. So, sounds a little bit uh, familiar to where we're at today with, with yeah. blockchains and Definitely. ESI in particular. Yeah, with, with the cryptographic and, and uh, game theory challenges on top of that, which is another uh, entirely different uh, aspect and, and layer that's, that's uh, on top of those old, old challenges, I would say. 
<laughs> You've done some impressive things. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit ago, uh, a, a company called SemantiNet. Is, is that how I say it? SemantiNet? Right. Yeah. Uh, you sent me some information about what you're building there. And it, it, I almost got the idea that you were on the right path, but you were too early on this. Like, could you kind of describe at a high level what sure. you built? Like, what, this is over 10 years ago. With yeah. this company called Semantinet, which is one of your uh, previous projects uh, yeah. years ago. Yeah, it's, it's a, it was a long journey, basically. It, it started uh, 14 years ago. Um, basically, it was a company that uh, Tal Nan, my partner, and I started uh, back then. Basically, we, we were trying to bring uh, what was later called the, the intelligent web, basically, which is a vision where... where Everybody can provide their piece of information and piece of uh, uh, functionality and have like a smart layer that understands what to put in what context and basically uh, have, have a seamless integration of, of everything that's uh, accessible to, uh, to us basically online, which is whether it's functionality, APIs, or, or just, you know, information that needs to be cataloged and, and tubed. In, uh, you know, and, and routed in the right way. Um, so that that was the vision there, um, and and we thought that the best uh, way to do it was was uh, basically to to create a distributed uh, system where where everybody can contribute their own their own uh, their own functionality and extend the functionality of the system. Um, it, w it was a very interesting uh, project, and uh, after a while, we 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 added a layer of of, uh, of semantic understanding, of natural language understanding, which which made the whole thing uh, even even better because you could basically write freeform uh, sentences and, and utilize the, the the entire network to to integrate basically functionalities from, from different sites and different APIs. Uh, so that, that, was, that was interesting. That, that particular piece right there, uh, you sent me some documents uh, and it almost looked like you're doing like, like things that Siri does today, like, like your, per, your uh, like AI, like personal assistant. That's kind of what, what you were building, but back in like 2006, 2008, like in, in that time frame, you, you started building this. And it, sure. it was like what a, um, a Firefox extension, I think, is what I read. Yeah, but we we were back then. It wasn't that popular uh, to build platforms, basically, as a as a business strategy. So everybody told us you need to build to build a killer application, something that will will showcase the 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 power of the of that platform. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, we we uh, we we failed with with that product. It, it didn't really, uh, it couldn't really grasp the, the potential of, of such a platform. Um, and I think it, one, that's one of the reasons the entire vision of that semantic web failed um, up until this day. It's not, it didn't fulfill itself uh, because there, there was a lack of incentives. There was a lack of uh, a killer application because the entire uh, Power from from that comes from from uh, the long tail the long tail of, of connectivity that you can do with 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 all those kinds of, of uh, data sources. Um, on the other hand, for every killer application, someone someone just builds something that's tailored, and then and then you don't need that kind of flexibility. So so it it, it lacked that that kind of. Uh, Incentive to build to build uh, a horizontal uh, killer application, um, and I think maybe it will be back some someday. You know that uh, <laughs> that that kind of vision when when there's enough uh, infrastructure in place for that to to monetize data, for example. That that's something that uh, companies are still struggling today to, uh, on how to do. What was the journey like from you, like first getting into software all the way until you, you, what led you to blockchain? Like, what, what are the key highlights if you had to like just pluck a few out? <laughs> um, so I think my, my first journey with, with 
software and entrepreneurship was was uh, something called uh, vocalized in 96 uh, so w what what I did was uh, like a, a little application that you would you would uh, um, hum a song that you couldn't get out of your head and it would recognize the the, the song basically back then there weren't even mp3s or or any way to monetize anything on the internet. Nobody even really used the internet yet, <laughs> uh, like in the common audience. And uh, it, it, it taught me a really great lesson about, lesson about uh, coming, coming too early. Um, yeah. that, what you just described, that there, there was an app that was popular that did that with like a, a song on the radio. It would tell you what the song was called, but you're saying in 1996, you had something that didn't even have to hear the actual song, just like the, the tune of it via yeah. like humming it. That's yeah, yeah. insane. I, I started, <laughs> you know, from things that you, that I needed myself. I really love music and, uh, you know, I, wow. I wanted it and I really, and then people, I had, uh, had some mentors that told me, listen, if you want to build a business out of it, you, you need to think of a way to monetize it. And then I got my, uh, uh, and then I had to join the army, basically, and I had to, to shut it down. Um, just for context, army, yeah. for context with the army, uh, you're Israeli in Israel. Does everyone have to go into the army? I'm actually not sure. Yeah, this. basically, it's a mandatory service in Israel. So you're about to hit your groove and then get yeah, you called. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and people told me you're, you're either going to be a good, good soldier or a good entrepreneur. So... Uh, you can do both, basically. So I chose to be a good soldier. After I was uh, done with the army service, um, basically I, I, I joined a company that did uh, embedded real-time development uh, for Wi-Fi mesh networks. So that was my first time that I, that I uh, uh, basically uh, got to work on, on a distributed system and got to think, uh, you know, in a distributed perspective. Um, I did use, you know, peer-to-peer -peer, uh, file sharing services back in the day. In Israel, it was very common. Uh, and uh, so I was familiar with the technology and I did some uh, Inul patches back in the day. But, uh, but that was the first time I really got to work, you know, on the bits and bytes and trying to, to make a distributed system much, much better. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it taught me it taught me quite a lot, both on on the aspects of operating system development. Uh, because back then, back then companies weren't using open source uh, software to run embedded systems. Uh, they were using uh, other commercial uh, operating systems. Um, they wasn't they weren't using uh, Linux and or embedded Linux back then. Um, what time frame was this? 2004. Yeah. Um, so we 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 kind of uh, I, I kind of somehow I convinced the, the team even though I was very young I, I convinced even in that space I convinced the team to to consider taking this amazing thing that that's open and trying to build a product with, with it like a real hardware product that's working and, and shipped to consumers. Mm -hmm. um, so we were kind of pioneering in, in that space without, without really even knowing. Um, so it led me to, to really, you know, embrace the, the, this whole model of open source. And I, I had a couple of years where, where, I, where, when I, where I was uh, consulting companies how to, to move to open source projects to replace their, their old legacy systems. Um, that's uh, um, that was a, a great journey to, to have. So, so you're basically like in the weeds from the transition of everything was closed source to once like open source started becoming more and more acceptable. And then do you, do you feel like blockchain and like these incentivized like economies and systems is like the next step of open source? Definitely. The next iteration. Yeah, it's, it's exactly that. Uh, I think that's, that's one of the things, uh, one of the amazing things, uh, models in general, licensing models and, and uh, incentive models 
uh, around open source that, that was always interesting to me is, is the kind of system that allowed people to collaborate in, in the first place on, 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 and why to release open source other than uh, kind of like a gift economy uh, kind of thing where, where it's never uh, as good as the as the competitor uh, that had you know uh, that have a lot of resources and, and can can always beat beat a, a project that was that's done in in people's spare time, but mm -hmm. then then GPL came along and and uh, licenses that that kind of uh, kept the incentive lines uh, incentive incentives aligned and uh, it was. Uh, Pretty groundbreaking because. Can you explain what GPL is? Uh, sure. Uh, basically, it's it's a, a software license that uh, back then it 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 was very efficient in um, um, enforcing people to bring back to contribute back um, uh, fixes and changes and enhancements that they, they did in a in an open source project. And that led uh, big companies to to actually invest in open source projects and uh, you know uh, put people and developers and and pay their salaries to work on something that that is open. Um, and and I think that that was a a really interesting thing. Uh, people may may you know argue or debate if if it's a uh, if it's really if it really worked or if it's still working, but. Uh, I think it was very interesting, and it in it in it, uh, it it won in a lot of uh, verticals. Uh, did did you realize it was a really big deal when it first started happening, and you start the the licensing first started appearing, or did it take a little bit of time to sink in? Um, you know, like everything, uh, I I I think like everything that that I get into, I uh, it feels like it it was a slow process but in retrospect uh i i was early an early adopter yeah mm -hmm. uh same as, as happened to me in, in cloud services i felt i like uh, i was feeling i i missed the train but it, i was just you know it was it existed i don't know two years before before i joined and, and <laughs> back then it was nothing and uh I, I just became an expert just by by you know being there early. Mm -hmm. What took you from there to where we're at today? Like what happened from there? About two years ago, um, my friend and the co-founder in in the previous companies in Edextent and Semantinet came to me and and kind of shaked me and, and listen and told me listen you you really have to look at, at blockchain now like it's it, it that's that i can't i can't let you not do it anymore um you have to look at it there there are a couple of problems that you that you have to solve basically and and i trust you to solve them um, and and he basically we we discussed it and and we came to 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 a conclusion that that there are a couple of things that the vision is great and and the potential is amazing, but there are four problems that 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 will probably prove are are big barriers right now. And until there each of them are solved, um, it's probably not not going to fulfill itself uh, like like we envision. Um, the first one was uh, resources costs, whether it's gas. Uh, fees in, in Ethereum or, or RAM cost in EOS or um, whether it's a development that's uh, way more complicated on, on blockchains currently. Um, so that, that was one big aspect that, that, uh, that I think that important for, for, for this whole vision to, to fulfill itself. The other aspect that uh, that we felt is kind of lacking is the the ability to connect different blockchains. Basically, the, the blockchains were islands, um, like silos of, of of value and 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 functionality. And there 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 should be there must be a way to to have the network effects and and connectivity and basically build a mesh network of of all the blockchains.
Uh, I, I get it now. We, we were talking about the mesh networks you're working on over a decade ago. Now we're back yeah. to mesh networks. Yeah. Full circle. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it, I think it's the next logical step and you see it in, in every kind of system. Um, in every kind of, of distributed system where the hierarchy builds up and basically and basically you get specialized uh, silos and the fact they are connected, everyone can specialize in, in its own thing and, uh, uh, and instead of compete uh, on the same thing. Another point that, that we that we felt is is kind of lacking is the is the ability to to connect to the outside world from a contract. Um, basically, contracts are very useful, and even if we do a mesh network of all the chains, it's still an island by itself. It's not connected to to the day to day and mm. to everything else we know and to the value that's outside. And, and that brings me to the fourth point, which is the value that is outside. <clears throat> the fiat, basically, what, what we call fiat onboarding. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's another challenge where, where the majority of the value and the systems exist outside of this, this ecosystem. So there, there should be a bridge, a very good bridge from value to, to go in and out uh, from those systems to the to the outside world, not just data, um, and and that's that's another challenge that uh, I think it's still it's still a challenge these days. So I, I was thinking of what what's the base best way not just to solve those problems, but what what's the the best way to 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 architect the the technology, uh, or maybe rearchitect the, the technology in order for uh, those problems to 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 be solved, you know, independently and not be, uh, you know, in a monolithic uh, kind of technology. Um, and and it brought me back to to the layers vision, to to the ability to encapsulate things uh, in, in layers and of abstractions, and and how a, a blockchain should probably be layered you know um, mm -hmm. multi-layered instead of uh, having one uh, kind of uh, monolith um, basically be, be in charge of everything whether it's communication peer-to-peer -peer, consensus uh, execution language uh, basic functions um, i think that that model um, can be improved basically um, so it started building uh, kind of a prototype for for a layered blockchain, uh, which is kind of a graph-based chain. Uh, you could say it's similar to IOTA in 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 some ways, uh, but where every branch is of the graph is kind of a, uh, ha can have a different consensus mechanism. So I call this block space. Um, it was it was an interesting project um, where the consensus is a layer, the the languages of execution is a different layer that you could extend, and the resource management is, is an entirely different layer. Permissions is is, is a layer on its own. Um, communication uh, and all the all those uh, things basically were were kind of layered. And then I saw that EOS is, is doing those, the basic, let's say the, the basic layers pretty well mm -hmm. uh, with WASM and, and everything that uh, my, implement, my implementation was uh, with basically containers as the execution layer instead of, uh, instead of uh, WASM um, and basically making sure the, the container execution is deterministic. Uh, but that's 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 a fun fun story for for another time. Um, but then then Talkinan uh, introduced me to the Bancor guys, um, and we talked a little bit, and we 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 clicked, and we we shared a lot of a lot of uh, similar visions, um, and and they convinced me to join and to lead the Bancor X solution. Um, 
they were kind of impressed that, that I built the, the, the blockchain um, as, a, as a homework, uh, you know, uh, as a homework uh, assignment over over two weekends. So so they 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 wanted to to let me lead that. Um, <laughs> Um, and then, as part of uh, Liquidios, we we basically um, we basically built BancorX with 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 the great developers at, at Bancor. You, you know that back when they hired me, uh, I had three months of experience with with blockchain. Like it, the, the, this entire story happened in three months. So 2018 was it was your first like entry into like yeah. really diving into the rabbit hole. Yeah, and yeah. It's, I've, I've it's, heard about Bitcoin before, and and I was familiar with the technology, and I thought it was uh, quite inefficient to hold replicas for everything on on every participant, but uh, and and to to do a, a competition of whoever wastes more energy energy uh, is next in line. Uh, I, I found it a bit ridiculous. Uh, now now I understand better. Uh, but but still, I think it's uh, it's uh, um, I think that the in in uh, in April I really got uh, in April 2018 I really dived into the rabbit hole. It was an interesting uh, experiment. Uh, I think bootstrapping uh, a blockchain is much more than the technology. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's a uh, it's a lot more. It's it's bootstrapping a community, and it's uh, I I was uh, um, the the technology was interesting, but uh, I, I learned a lot from EOS and and being a part of launching the the mainnet and being uh, one of the top block producers when when the mainnet launched. Uh, that that taught me a lot about how how to you know build the project and community. I uh, think Block One did an amazing job. I I, I was actually quite skeptic that it will go as smooth as it did uh, because it, it, I, I don't think I've, I've ever seen a project that was written by one company and then launched by w- without the help of the of that company like mm-hmm. completely independent of, of that company for the first time in production and, and it went went amazingly well like uh, um, I, I was a bit skeptical at first, but uh, as soon as I met the people before before the launch, and, and I got more and more confident that the, that this that, that crazy approach is actually going to work. Mm-hmm. So me being you know a a, per, a, a normal per, a normal person of normal intelligence, not not genius level here. Uh, what was your impressions of, of Dan Larimer from from one Yoda to another Yoda? <laughs> Um, oh, he's, he's definitely a genius, uh, definitely. I think, uh, and he and he had uh, his visions, uh, you know, for for quite a long time as well. And 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 like me, he, he eats his own dog food and, and planning to to you know to utilize the the platform to to really build the things that that, that he built the platform for. For you know, I haven't I. They say that you you can really know how good someone is if you set and wrote code with them. Like uh, like uh, in the army, it's like if you really you know uh, slept, slept near him in a, in a tent. And uh, so it's in, in coding. It's if you if you did a whole night of coding with with someone, then then you know how how good it is. <laughs> um, and so I haven't got a chance to do it with with Dan. But yeah, I imagine he's uh, quite quite a uh, quite a legend, as 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 they say that he is. I've watched a lot of of his code on GitHub. You know, uh, you can you can measure in in the beginning of the project how much a person does. So he's also uh, uh, have a lot of uh, capacity in in his fingers. That's funny that when when we were in uh, Washington D.C. for B1 June, people at, at least three people off the top of my head said that about you. Looking at your code, so I, I don't know what it was about it. I just remember three different people said like, he's got really good code, and I'm like, geez, you can just tell. Um, so that, that's one of the fun things about about an uh, open source project, uh, which ha- has a, an engaged community around it, is that that people. People actually uh, notice and appreciate the the thinking that you put into things, and and uh, and even even 
provide the feedback that they they like for the first time in my life people people write me I I love that line of code <laughs> because I learned something from it and and that's that's amazing because 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 people appreciate the, the 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 time that you put into the you know to the to the details of of things we just recently celebrated <laughs> uh, uh six months since the dap network launched and, and we celebrated it with, with a teaser for a hackathon and uh we i i, I do want to share another tal story about eos hackathons because We've told the story on here a bunch of times of how I met Tal for the first time at the San Francisco uh, Hackathon, uh, the ESIO Global Hackathon. And Tal was a mentor there, and everyone was like, that's, that's the smartest guy here. Uh, but you told a story a couple weeks ago about how you really actually wanted to compete in that hackathon, but instead you're kind of forced to become a mentor. Ah, I, I wouldn't say forced, <laughs> but, but, uh, forced. but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I first the, the first time that I heard the hackathon, and I I, I was I lived nearby, and and um, I think they were talking about the, the fact that BPs are not allowed to participate. So I was thinking to participate, you know, independently, and and I didn't have a team, and I wanted to just compete myself as a as a one person, and I really planned to win the the hackathon. Actually, <laughs> I, I told the guys at, at Bancor. I'm, I'm, I think, uh, listen, guys, I'm going to compete. Uh, I'm going to take a couple of days, and I'm going to win this. Only, only you could just walk into a hackathon and be like, "Yep, I'm going to win this." And <laughs> everyone around you that knows you well enough actually believes you. <laughs> I, I think, I think that that that's the first time I met the community face to face. Me too. Me too. Mind blowing. Mind yeah, blowing. Eye opening. Amazing. Yeah, and and it was amazing to 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 realize that the people are are. Uh, such amazing people, you know. I, I really, I've been in a lot of uh, uh, kind of communities and, and tech communities, and uh, and and I really think the, that we have something something special here. Uh, and, I, I, and 100%. Ma- that makes the difference. Uh, that, that thing. Uh, well, was that the only hackathon you went to last year? Was the San Francisco? Uh, yeah, other than private, uh, other than private hackathons that I do in my spare time in, in the weekend alone, <laughs> uh, trying to hack things together. I don't even think we even gave. I don't know where we're going to be on the edited version of this, but <laughs> we're probably at least thirty minutes through in the edited version, and we never got to what is Liquid Apps and what is DAP Network at a very high level, introduced sure. by, by 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 the the man who architected it. So, what is DAP network and where, um, where, what do you envision it becoming? So go, going back to the to the layered uh, architecture of blockchain, I think uh, Liquid App is kind of the 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 model to 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 place those those layers on top of. Um, it's it's basically the 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 meta building block to to construct the layers with. Um, so right now we we have a second layer solution for things like resources and and the the basic functionalities, but uh, but as, as the network gro- grows and uh, as and the community grows, we'll probably see uh, you know third layer mm-hmm. third layers uh, on top of of that that uh, that th- do things that are more in the applicative layer uh, in the applicative space. Uh, things like KYC services that are not really a developer uh, resource that that uh, that it's more of a service that that a developer needs to use, uh, not a core resource that he needs to manage. Um, so in that sense, it's uh, you can think of it as a as a third layer uh, uh, for for those third services. When I try to d- describe. DAP network and, and the problems it's solving to someone who knows nothing about it. I try to explain it like uh, we have all of these silos of DAPs and their own development teams. And they're all kind of trying to say, solve the same problems over and over again. Like uh, free accounts is something everyone's needed. And, and we've seen co- uh, projects like EOS Bet and others build their own virtual account system, but then mm-hmm. it's not interoperable and no one else could really gain from that. So like we, we have liquid accounts, which, which is solving that problem, making it very easy for a, a DAP to add 
this functionality without investing a bunch of their own resources to build it from scratch like uh, companies previously may have had to have done. Uh, same thing with oracles. Instead of having to develop your own oracle, we have this oracle service that, that you have and an entire network of DSPs you could choose from. So it's just kind of uh, removing all of the different bottlenecks uh, that, that occur whenever you're just trying to develop a, a general use case application. There are certain things that, that, that you're going to need to build uh, in, in your own little silo. And I, I think the, the, the best thing to compare it to is we, uh, leading up to the EOS mainnet and the, the narrative around uh, EOS and Block One and Dan was that uh, Dan built uh, previous blockchains. So we ran into limitations and uh, by building the second and the third one, he, he realized all of these things that you have to do every time you want to build a new blockchain. So he, he just built a general use case uh, like blockchain platform, platform yeah. that, that everyone could build on top of and do whatever they wanted to do so that they didn't have to build a, a blockchain from scratch. And right. that, that's, that's where we're at with just the EOS IO base layer. But then I, I think the DAP layer, it, it kind of gives them every, everything else beyond that. And it, it, it's very similar um, to, to, to your experience is very similar in that way where Dan built previous blockchains and then he, his third generation blockchain is like the grand vision. Whereas with you, you've been building this other thing. It wasn't in a, a blockchain industry because it didn't even exist at the time, but, but you've iterated over these ideas and now we're, we're here. We have this base layer that you're, you're building on top of. Now you yeah. want to add these service layers so that a, develop, a, a developer could build a distributed, decentralized, autonomous project mm -hmm. and they don't have to, 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 they're basically able to hit the ground running because they could they could skip all of these uh, building block steps that, that every developer before that yep. network has had to, had to do. Usually when, when I build uh, platforms, um, the, the first users of, of the platform, um, uh, you know, is, is me. I, I, I wanted to use it, I want to use it myself. Um, and, and it feels like I'm really, we're really starting to get to, to the point, to the tipping point where, where it's really, um, you have enough of the tool sets and enough of things that you don't need to worry about uh, in order to, to accomplish things fast. And, and that's basically the, the end goal. In, in conventional software, we, we had, you know, uh, the, 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 the concept of we, we using, uh, you know, things that other people built. Uh, but when when you when you talk about blockchain uh, technologies, it, it's not enough that, that things are open source. You also need uh, distributed entities to to actually run the code. Even if you're a developer and you want to create your own solution for something, uh, unless you get um, a layer of, of participants that are that have the right incentives. Uh, you basically have have a weak link of decentralization because you're running your own service. Mm -hmm. um, so so that's that's another interesting aspect that it's it's not even a technological aspect. It's it's a complication from 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 the nature of, of blockchain itself and and the and the game theory around it. I think that it 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 brings you back to to the question of what's what's the the end goal. Like what's the end goal of decentralization and, and those kind of, of, of technologies in the first place? And what's, the, what's, what's even the goal of making an immortal application? Um, so, so it's more than, than you know, doing uh, things that people don't want you to do. Uh, I think immortal applications and, and decentralization and... Uh, and censorship in general, and, and and I think it all comes down to to freedom, um, you know, to freedom to participate in in the systems that that control our lives and the system that that we that we're a part of, um, and and many times, you know, uh, most times, uh, collaboration uh, between people has has a toll of centralization and and. Centralization leads to, to, to abuse of power and corruption and, and inefficient things. Um, so 
So it's basically the, the freedom to do it more efficiently, to collaborate more efficiently, the freedom to, to, uh, to participate in, in, the, in the systems that, that, you're, that, you're, that, that controls you. Immortal applications. Is this a, a term that you kind of just made up or is it like used elsewhere in other like communities? I don't think so. I, I've, I've, I at least uh, never heard of it. And it just fit, fit the, con, the, the, the concept uh, pretty well, I think. Uh, it, it was back, then, back in the liquid EOS uh, days when, when, we, when we were envisioning like a registry where people could, could uh, write, uh, register their, their uh, IPFS URI to point to a front end. And that way you could kind of make uh, uh, application that that's that's basically uh, unhackable and and uh, you're unable to bring it down and basically immortal um, and that's that's a very powerful thing in 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 the ability for people to collaborate uh, around anything uh, without having uh, other groups of power. Uh, interfere and and uh, an immortal application is is basically some uh, an application that is that is uh, not not in a con not in control of anyone from end to end uh, that once it's uh, out there nobody can can change how it behaves and nobody can can manipulate it and nobody can uh, abuse the the logic in it and basically um, something that's uh, going to stay there forever. So w within a mortal app, though, you say it can never be taken down, never be upgraded. Does that mean in your conception of what an immortal app is that you'd burn the keys? No one would have the keys? Yeah, either no one will have the keys or, or uh, a multi-party that is big enough and that, that, that you know that, that can upgrade the the contract without colluding. So uh, something like, like a DAO could, could manage an immortal app? Yep. Yep, exactly. We did spend a lot of time on your background and stuff. I, I think like the original plan was to get people to know you and not so much focus on liquid apps. And I think we did a good bit of that. No, I, I didn't touch labor at all. Okay, so the labor part is we, we, we can maybe we can we can skip that and uh, it's not like I'm uh, going over my resume. We can always do a follow up. Uh, uh, you're talking yeah. the the man machine collaboration. Yeah, uh, and, and processes and uh, and and but I'll tell you a little bit about it. Um, basically, I, I've I've been thinking a lot of uh, how to take uh, management and and and. Uh, management processes and making them in software. Um, whether it's uh, taking a project and breaking it down to pieces and, and contracting uh, it every little piece to, to a different uh, contractor on, on a crowdsourcing uh, uh, platform like Fiverr or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and whether it's uh, Trying to create uh, liquidity for for um, for work, basically. If you think about it, work uh, an hour of work of skilled work doesn't have liquidity today. If you want someone to work on something, you probably have the right context to to participate in, in your collaboration and your organization. You he need a lot of context. You need to hire him probably. Mm -hmm. Or have a long-term relationship and and trust and and it's not like that you can uh, get uh, let's think a, a logo designer okay it's not like you can like uh, have a specs for a logo and have a, a, an exchange of hours of logo design hours <laughs> which is standard uh, you know what you get for this kind of hour and it's all uh, have the same quality uh, for, for an hour Market by logo design. Right, it's, it's not something. So work, skilled work is not is not something that. Uh, so it doesn't have a liquidity yet. So it can't have a market and, and a rapid market for for, um, for for those things. And and this this is one reason that you can't build an efficient system that that can utilize uh, 
basically utilize each and every skill that that people can can offer and and combine them into something that can collaborate much faster than than a human can can manage people <laughs> so so that's basically where, where I'm going with this and and I, I had a few projects in in that uh, in that uh, in that vision or in that uh, direction I would say and, and I can go over them one was basically something that you could uh, a marketplace where you could write tests and someone else could write code to pass your test and mm -hmm. basically uh, only if he wrote code that passed your tests, he would get your bounty, basically. So it's mm -hmm. like a verified uh, bounty system for pieces of code and, and tests that, that run to verify them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a kind of an effort to, to create liquidity around, around prog programming, basically, around, funct around functions, uh, mm -hmm. about writing functions in code. Um, it's, it's also serving the purpose of almost like, I don't know if it's quite gamifying, but it's definitely incentivizing. Like you have a bounty on, on passing this test that right. that's incentive for people to come do it. And the more people that want to come do it, that's more liquidity for that particular task. Right. Right. Um, and, and back when I was building that project, People told me I wanted to basically create a coin per kind of skill task. And people told me, listen, you should really look into Ethereum and blockchain because that tokenization is exactly what's happening there right now. Uh, but but I, I only came to that later. It's it's funny the way you describe some of some of these. Uh, ideas of yours because there, there's projects that are currently being built that in, in a way uh, try to solve some of these problems or, or build or approach these problems. So like for, for the, the passing the tests and the code, like looking at something like NuGet and what they're trying to accomplish, it, it, I could see some similarities there. Then when, when you're talking about um, liquidity on, on, on a labor market, I think affect AI and, and Definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for that project to, 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 I think it's public. They've said that they're going to be launching a DSP and using uh, certain services, possibly even offering uh, their own services that are unique to what they're doing. Uh, I, I remember uh, whenever I had Chris from Effect AI on Everything EOS, uh, I came to you for advice because I knew AI and human collaboration was one of your, your, your personal interests. And you, you, you told me some different things about crowd wisdom and things like that. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the Effect AI project and, and uh, what, what kind of things are, are possible with, with these like uh, crowd man, these man machine collaborative workforces that you're describing, whether through something like Effect AI or something that hasn't even uh, been built yet? Uh, yeah. what, what, what does this man machine collaboration look like? Uh, like what, what's your vision for this? So yeah, so imagine like uh, something like um, writing a screencast for an, for an application, like uh, something that's very niche and specific, uh, but it's kind of have a have a recipe on how to do that. So so uh, there's there's the production and and the, the animation and people that need to narrate the 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 voice and people to write the the description of the product and for every scene and. and Someone to decide what gets into the into the screencast and what features are, are important enough to talk to talk about. So it's like an entire process, but it's more or less the same for for every screencast that you produce. Mm -hmm. uh, th that specific example is something that I that I actually tried and, and tried to make fully fully automated, like trying to take screencasts for for uh, from labor markets mm -hmm. and try to break it down and and you know, like, uh, executed for, for much less with microtask uh, by just managing the, the process uh, automatically, of course. It blows my mind. I, I could wrap my head around this like crowd wisdom and, and crowdsourcing the work for like a micro task that's very simple. Like if you have to identify something on an image, but it, yeah. it's like hard for me to even wrap my head around how it would work 
when you're talking about more complex, complicated tasks that you, you think of as jobs that require like yeah. dedicated human involvement here, like, like yeah, that, a, a production of a video, like you were saying. Yeah, it, it requires you to think of different processes that are much more modular and much more, uh, um, uh, much more adaptive, adaptive to those, those techniques. It's not necessarily the same process. It's a, it's a different process, but, but potentially it can be much more efficient. And in software, for example, you, you have modular thinking. Uh, so you, you build a, a, a software that is built well, is built that small teams can work on different components of it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the same kind of thinking can be applied to many other kind of uh, work processes and projects. So, so this is fun. Uh, I don't think I, I didn't expect to go so long w without talking about uh, Liquid Apps or DAP Network too much. That was kind of the goal here. This new concept. So, everyone watching, let us know in the comments uh, what what you think about getting to know the the leaders in this uh, industry, EOS and blockchain as a whole. Uh, you have such an interesting background, Ty. I, I'm, I'm really glad I, I got to have you be kind of the uh, the champion of this new concept here. Uh, I, I think we will have to have you back on again to talk in more detail about Liquid Apps and DAP Network. But it's it's been really fun getting to hear some of these stories about your background and some of, uh, I'd say you validated some of the, the legend. Hmm. I, I think the legend is still legitimate and the legend is still real. Um, Thank is you. There, <laughs> is there anything that we, we, we missed that, that we want to hit on before we sign off here? Uh, probably a lot, but I think uh, I hope it's going to be uh, one of many. I, I, I'm, I'm glad we were able to uh, get you away from your terminal window for a little bit so that the rest of the, the EOS and DAP Network community could get to know you better as a person. Uh, we, we sign off uh, the show here in, in a very specific way. Uh, are, are you aware of how that works? Um, go EOS? Almost. So you got to say, until next time, I'm Tal Muscal. Okay. Until next time, I'm Tal Muscal. And I'm Zach Gall. And this is Everything EOS. Yeah. Ah, okay. And <laughs> you say uh, this is Everything EOS. Okay. And, and this, this is Everything, is everything EOS. Go, go EOS! EOS.